You can prepare for everything that you can control, but that's not very much. My goal was just to hunt as hard as I could, as long as I could, at all costs. Better ask it, man. <laughs> Speak for yourself. 28 and sunny, we're almost definitely going to have hikers on the trail, boys. I'm getting across that damn river, and I'm getting after those goats. Let's go. We're hunting. We're going after something. I uh, got to admit, I didn't actually get onto that Shape Week thing. Was it? Was it pretty good? Uh, yeah. I mean, it was like, um, there was a lot on there. Like, there was some really good seminars done. Like, anytime you're listening to guys like Clay Lancaster, Adam Foss, any of those guys, like, there's a lot to learn, in my opinion, all the time. Um, but I mean, it's just about it's all virtual, right? There's not a whole lot there. You're going into right. what they call booths. It's not booths. It just directs you to their website. Like, <laughs> right. The pictures of the booths was pretty funny. Yeah, exactly. Cruised around for about five minutes and got directed to their website. So I was like, yeah, uh, could have <laughs> done this anywhere. But yeah, some of the yeah, exactly. seminars and stuff looked like they were pretty solid. But yeah, the, the virtual booth wasn't all it was cracked up to be. No, the virtual booth. <laughs> I, was... I, I kind of had suspicions of that. I re- I like, I I wanted to do it, but I just didn't want to spend a week behind my computer. Yeah, I, I'm like, I'm on my computer all the time. So I just had it rolling in the background the whole time. And I'd get like a, I set reminders in my work calendar. Every time a seminar was going to go live, nice. just jump into the seminar. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. yeah. Hey, we started recording a little while ago. Nick, why don't you ring this one in? I don't know what number. Sure, right. this is episode 75. No, that's not true. No, it's not. <laughs> I think we're close to 30. I'm going to call it 29 and just see. Um, maybe safer not to life. say, but this is behind the behind the glass hunting podcast with our, our friends, Mark and Jeff. How's it going, guys? Good. It's going well. It's funny me saying that because I just met you uh, when we began this call, but (laughs) we're all friends now for their friend. They're friends of mine and friends of mine are friends of yours and we're good to go now. And we we were going to have Lorne on Mark's brother, but um, he's wrangling kids. So I sympathize with him on that. The other half of Um, Trudell Media. Yeah, that's right. The the less talented, the the better half. The better half. Consolation prize you get me. Well, actually, I to be honest, man, like you just told me this before we started recording. I had no idea you were a biologist. Like that's pretty oh, very sweet. Cool. You wanna you wanna like go into that a little bit? Like can you go into it a little bit? Yeah, just uh, I was kind of played hockey a bunch growing up, and then uh, ended up uh, playing some junior hockey, and then after that ended, I ended up going to university. So always just kind of like the sciences and stuff. So ended up with a with a science degree, and then I went up uh, worked in Fort Saint John. Um, working for a consulting firm there, lots of oil and gas work, and made my way back here. I just spent some time in Quinell as a the habitat biologist for, for Region 5 there, so did some did some work up there, working for the province. Now I'm back on the private sector, working for a consulting firm. And yeah, just doing a lot of, a lot of infrastructure projects, doing uh, habitat assessments and watercourse assessments and fish uh, salvages, trapping fish, moving out of the way of construction works and things like that. So yeah, keeps you busy, a little bit of balance between field work and, and office work, report writing. So it's a, it's a good fit for someone who likes the outdoors and is uh, likes using their brain a little bit as well. That sounds super sweet. Man, that's super, that's, it, so the, was that a government job in Quinell? Yeah, I worked, yeah, I worked at, on the habitat branch um, as opposed to where the wildlife branch, how it was split up uh, back when I was there. So the wildlife branch did all the the cool wildlife population stuff and then we were part of the habitat team 
So I worked a lot in the wildfires. I ended up working for BC Wildfire Service as well, doing all their stream restoration projects. So they had that really bad fire year where we had the you know largest hectare fire in BC history there. And so I did a lot of work on restoring all the streams from uh, all the road that they built for fighting the fires. So there's quite a big impact. So you can imagine just taking like a big excavator and literally mowing right through creeks and then trying to put them back together again was, was my job. After yeah. The that, fact, so. <laughs> that's, that's going to be good for the environment. Yeah. <laughs> so I always thought like government biologist jobs are like rare as hen's teeth, like hard to get. Um, did you would, like, was the process easy or did you get lucky or like we the best guy for the job? Like how did that process go down? <laughs> yeah, they, they are really difficult. They're few and far between. Um, with, with government, once, once people get in, they, they don't leave until they retire. Whereas in, in private sector, you have movement all the time and you can kind of jump firms and, and get into new positions and things like that. But uh, yeah, I was fortunate enough to get a position. Uh, it was a temporary position. So it was uh, taken over for someone on mat leave. So I had a, like a one-year contract. So it's a good nice. way to get your foot in the door is if you're willing to just kind of go anywhere. So yeah, like I said, Quinell is not exactly the a bumping spot for to live or anything. But yeah, I took the opportunity to go up there on a, on a one-year contract and then ended ended up staying a little bit longer working for directly for bc wildfire service but uh yeah they're, they're hard to get their interviewing processes are are yeah super onerous and just even the way they go about like making sure everything's fair, like fair and equitable is, is tricky to do too so it's all about like getting points on your interviews and saying the right things that get your your check marks so yeah it's, it's pretty tricky Right. Well, like, and then Lawn, Lawn's a career firefighter. So you guys are both in that sort of once you're in, you're in kind of jackpot job. But I guess you're back on the private sector now. So yeah, that, that firefighter gig is uh, it's pretty good. Say two barbecues, two sleepovers and four days off. So it's uh, it's pretty cushy, those firefighters, I tell you. Wait, My old man yeah. was a firefighter too, so I get a, I get a chirp from him a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah? I like I was pretty hell-bent on doing that for a while. I was pretty hard. I thought this would just be the best thing for hunting. Like, you get time off, and then if you skip a shift, you got like 12 days off. You know, that's pretty sweet. And um, then I started having kids, and somebody one of my mates is a volunteer firefighter, and he, ju he just said one thing one day. He said something to the effect of... Um, yeah, it's all all good until you see like kids that have been involved in a car crash, and I was just like, whoa, whoa! I like I'm a dad, I can't handle that. So that that dream was gone just in in that alone. Yeah, for sure. Onto bigger and better things. I was gonna tell, and uh, Jeff, you were telling me just before we started. Yeah, you work you work construction, same as I do. Um, I, I, I didn't tell you before we recorded, but uh, I just I've actually just quit my job. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I've just I've just thrown in the towel uh, as an electrician and uh, I'm looking for greener pastures. I'm not exactly sure what I'm going to do yet. Uh, I'm going to have to dabble with some electrical to sort of keep the family fed, but I don't know, man. I'm going to... Professional gonna, podcaster. Gonna, yeah, gonna, yeah, professional podcaster. We're taking sponsors. Anybody would be great. <laughs> <laughs> Just like literally anybody. Yeah, I'll pedal anything. Please. Yeah, it don't matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bring it, bring it. <laughs> Bic lighters, let's go. <laughs> Oh, yeah so pretty excited about that that's a big change that's yeah. wow Good yeah for you. it's a lot man i've never felt like i've been a been a sparky for 10 years and um so this is the first time I'm not going to be a sparky as much so. sounds like you got a lot of free time now though that was the plan man to get free time yeah um just free because I've, I've been joking for the last 10 years that this whole work and things getting in the way like you know i want to go hunting this work and things getting in the way so we got rid of the working thing and 
No, hopefully the race sorts itself out. Yeah, it was such an easy solution. Yeah. <laughs> exactly right. Oh, um, awesome. So what I really wanted to get you guys on for was uh, Nick and I had did a podcast, uh, I don't know, two or three podcasts ago, and we're, I'm still like prodding Nick. As you know, Nick's the talented filmmaker photographer that makes wonderful films that you guys were t- talking about at the start there. Oh, um, I want Nick to start hunting. Um, yeah. And I prodded the idea like that him and I, like we've still got a chance. We could go February goat hunting. Um, and we just joked about it a little bit. Uh, and then once we hung up the call, I like engaged that whole, like the same mi- mindset that you guys have, like I'm doing this. Um, and I started making calls and calling around. I was talking to other guys. I actually didn't reach out to you guys. I probably should have, but I reached out to Nick Trejo and some other guys. And I quickly realized that I was over my waders. Like this is probably a hunt that I'm not going to be just going on on a month's notice. Yeah, that intimidates um, the heck out of me. <laughs> so I and like you guys have done it successfully for a few years in a row now. So like I just wanted to really get nitty gritty. Like everybody that I speak to says it's not a hunt that you can just jump into. Like you actually need some some experience. And I was kind of just being hard headed and thinking, well, fuck that. I'll work it out. Um, so I want to I want to get some first hand stories out of you guys and like where are the challenges that you know like what what are the difficulties and how do we overcome them so i mean so me and mark did that, that one last year lauren had went on the one the year before and i mean we've talked with a lot of guys that have done it in years previous um i'm goat hunting right off the bat is a challenge goat, i mean if you look at any species i think in bc um it's goat or sheep are your top two for most difficult for sure right and goats tend to live in a lot more yeah, difficult area right um and then you add the element of February and uh, coastal BC, or, se- or it's northern co- north coastal BC, and the conditions that you're facing. And um, I don't know, Mark, like the weather, the temperatures aren't overly terrible, but it's just the conditions and I don't know, it's the snow and the combination of everything. Plus, I mean, having someone um the, to go along with like lauren he's obviously not here um lauren's a big one because roping and all that kind of stuff and you're going to be in some pretty nasty situations and um i know last year for me personally um taking a harness on a hunt uh was just so foreign like that's yeah, not something you think crazy. of yeah yeah like <laughs> it's so cool though <laughs> it's cool um like we didn't end up needing it last year um but we very well could have depending on how things had played out um but having Lauren there, someone who's familiar with roping and knots and all that kind of stuff is super important. And you're definitely going to want to have someone with you that's familiar with that and the safety aspect of those kinds of things for sure too. Um, yeah, <clears throat> kind of comes down to the sum of everything really. So you're in winter, you have way more gear, your packs are heavier, you're moving through the snow in snowshoes. So there's difficulty there. Um, you know, you're running into in- inclement weather, um, you know, your, your shot distances are usually steep and, and long. Um, and then, yeah, like if, if you get into, you know, there's avalanche terrain, which is, you know, a big thing we've been watching this year and, and Nolan's a big time backcountry skier as well. So he's been keeping an eye out, but yeah, the avalanche, um, risks, uh, this year in particular has been, has been really bad. So it's kind of all those things just add up. So as, as much as I love to encourage people to, you know, just go, like, just go and experience it. Like, this is probably the, the one that'd be like, ah, 
you know, go do some snowshoeing, you know, go get an avalanche course, like Mm -hmm. go do some backcountry skiing or, you know, spend some time out there. Um, you know, physical fitness is, is one for sure. Um, you know, mental toughness comes into play and, you know, even just the, even just the gear you'd need to acquire. So we're bringing ice axes, you know, ropes, you know, we got, you know, snowshoes that are you know real snowshoes built for you know powder snowshoeing not like that your your trail not your trail snowshoeing. Snowshoes. yeah yeah and nice. jeff Jeff's so what is like the big 30 those. inches is that what that nice. big 30 inch snowshoes is that what they are yeah <laughs> yeah 30s i mean it's, it's going to be dependent the snowshoe size is more dependent on your weight and, and but uh right. i think we're all rocking 30s now um right. i switched i had to buy new snowshoes this year and switch over to what mark and lauren were running because my snowshoes almost cost me pretty big last year just but I, I, I was using a set of trail snowshoes and it, it's all good when you're in the flat stuff and you're making your way through and you're breaking through deep powder and then um when it was time to finally start climbing lauren went out ahead of me and mark was, had the camera behind me so he stayed behind me and they're just the regular trail snowshoes so they got the rounded bars on this they're, they're pretty oh, yeah. basic right and trying to side hill and i'm slipping and like they they were almost like skis on my feet yeah as you I'm need trying the to jagged up edges on them right like, exactly yeah. yeah i was slipping out from under me and eventually mark just looked at me and he's like dude you're like three steps forward to come two steps back and he's like you're gonna end up at the bottom of this mountain pretty quick <laughs> uh, so we just had to at that like it was way earlier than we probably would normally would have needed to switch out into crampons but it was just like if i had continued on wearing the snowshoes i was wearing i was probably gonna end up going down for a little bit of a ride at you guys are all packing another. crampons too yeah yeah nice yeah. man just so much more gear involved hey yeah oh yeah that's like just... sleeping pads you know yeah soup like puff you know down jackets down pants like yeah the gear the gear list gets quite onerous when you yeah. think about all of the stuff you already had for like sheep hunts or you know going going for elk and going backpack hunting and things like that and then you're like throwing the snow element and it's all of a sudden yeah. like just escalates i think we would you ever here. do that on skis it i think it's area dependent um i know some of the guys have tried they've talked about it and i think it's really dependent on what your access into the specific area you're going into is going to be mm-hmm. I, th- I think that's the factor or the key factor i mean um i'm not a skier uh mark have you are you yeah it, it'd hardly be beneficial for most of the stuff yeah if you were cruising up a valley and it was happened to be open like okay you'd be faster but like how much yeah. faster and you'd still probably need snowshoes anyways because you're not go, you're not going uphill the idea like, of coming back stuff, down like... too if you shot something and with that much weight on your back and skiing is terrifying to me no i don't nick's yeah. got these crazy ideas of gelling the two sports yeah. together nick once suggested to us that if we could be like rappelling down a cliff and then like hanging off a rope and you could shoot while rappelling and he just thought that would be the coolest be thing sick. and i was yeah. gonna <laughs> yeah I mean, it'd be pretty dark maybe not <laughs> based in reality but that's uh, something i dreamed up but i i'm just i'm just dipping my toes into backcountry skiing this uh and touring this winter season so yeah it's it's when once you start thinking about avalanche stuff like you said that's just like a whole another thing to think about do you guys, are you guys yeah, you all carrying done like the Beacon courses? and like Avalanche kits while you're doing that as well? No, not, I'm no. not, no, not a Beacon and stuff, not, I yeah. mean, shovels and stuff, but, mm-hmm. uh, not a Beacon and a probe, no. Yeah, it's just more so for awareness, like knowing when oh, you're yeah. going to put yourself in a bad spot and traversing 100%. across open country, things like that, so, mm-hmm. 
Like if you, yeah, instead of crossing over something, sometimes you just need to drop back down all the way to the valley and punch across and, and go straight up. But yeah, it's just one of those things that definitely the awareness of understanding avalanche train and spotting the spotting the times where it gets a little hairy is something that uh, is good knowledge to have for these sorts of things yeah totally have you guys have you guys done that course because I, I know nick just completed it and i'm pretty interested in doing it like i was if you have you guys done it or did you like going with lawn with experience was enough for you guys i was actually supposed to do it this past weekend this, the uh, ast1 and then i had to push it back i'm going to be doing it in a couple weeks um nice. just the nice. snowshoeing version of it not the I'm, nick you probably did the skiing one i would assume yeah well yeah. ours you could go ski or snowshoe we yeah. we went in pretty mellow terrain so just you get a more fun trip home if you, you're on skis but yeah yeah <laughs> yeah but it's like it's so interesting in that general. course like is i don't know for me i feel like what it did was just make me more aware and more terrified of the avalanche risk <laughs> <laughs> like man there's so much to learn yeah i mean lauren has his ast2 doesn't he or is he i think he's his mm-hmm. he's, so he's done the second level that's sweet. I'm pr- pretty sure or is it just the he has the one at least yeah, he has the sure one for sure i thought we were talking about it the other day i can't remember um but yeah for sure relying on him and then i think one of the other big factors and even last year a little bit was just um shooting messages just through the in the in reach in and out to guys who you know were able to access get online uh check the area we were in just to see what you know the online assessment was in terms of avalanche yeah. as well was beneficial that's good because oh, yeah. that can change like day by day yeah exactly I think last year it was pretty I heard one pop off and it didn't sound overly like it was in the middle of the night um oh I heard one pop <laughs> off and it didn't nervous, sound. Eh? yeah I mean a couple of the other guys have gone in a little earlier and they were hearing them every night popping off like continuously so wow. but uh I only heard one that the first night but that that's was wild. it so Nick this might be a question for you like what what are the what are the factors that are causing the avalanche risk to change back and forth like man there's so much it's just like it it it's just like weather over the course of like the whole winter basically because you you get this snowpack that develops and there's sort of just like a history in the snowpack so if it like if it warmed up really like a ton one day like rapid warming and created a crust or and then froze again at night and creates a crust on the snow um, and then there's this thing called surface horror, which is like this fine pebbly snow that develops on a crust. Then it creates like a weak layer that a bunch of snow can slide on. And the more that gets built up over, the more they call that a deep persistent slab. And that can just create just these massive avalanches. Or there can be, yeah, just like new new snow. I don't know. There's, there's so many different, uh, yeah, so many different factors. And it's all like weather dependent, I guess. But... And, it, and it, your risk can change depending on, like, which aspect of slope you're on. So if you're on a north-facing slope versus a south-facing slope, uh, one's getting more sun, one's not. I don't know. There's there's so much. Holy. So, Man, this is, this is scaring the hell out of me already. Yeah. And you guys, like, are you, guys, are you guys actually having to, like, traverse avalanche country? Or are you, like, I mean, I, I've been goat hunting a handful of times and if it looks really steep to me, I just try and get in the trees because I know if I fall, I'll hit a tree. Um, so, like last year where we kind of were, um, where the goat ended up was in a small abbey chute. Hey, Mark? I mean, it was a smaller abbey chute. Um, and, and there was a couple in there um, where we're going into this year just playing around on maps and stuff. Um, I think there's a lot bigger, 
risk in one of the spots that we're looking at going up. I know we've been playing around on Google Earth and Fat Maps, and um, one of the possible routes we could use to get up, get some elevation, is definitely going to be um, a pretty big. It looks like a pretty big Abbey shoot to me, at least looking at it, um, and something right. that we're going to have to take into consideration for sure. So, what, how are you guys doing this? Is it you guys um, like heading in? I know last year. I think you guys, correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys hiked in and then glassed from the bottom, glassed up? Yep. And then, is that typically the plan, like glass from the bottom always, or are you guys trying to get elevation for glassing or just for access to the goats once you've found them? Um, I think this year, Mark, I think it's going to be a lot of similar. Um, there's going to be certain points that we've already kind of picked out where I, you know, some, some bluffs and some faces where it looks like it should hold goats and, we're going to look at those pretty much from the bottom. Um, and then from there, our end goal, if we're not seeing goats in the first couple spots, is to gain some pretty serious elevation and get up high, kind of right up above tree line there, um, if we can, and uh, yeah, go from there. Yeah. Like, uh, this, sorry, Mark, go ahead. Yeah, last year we, yeah, we took the trail in through the valley and you know, on the day we hiked in, we knew we had about three good days of weather, um, to start the trip. And then it, it could have got, um, socked in after that. So this, the sun was shining and we were glassing up as soon as we had like an open area to, to view the cliffs, we'd glass at the cliffs. And we, yeah, we saw the goats all sunning out, hanging out on the, on the cliff faces. So, um, if it's sunny and, uh, they're kind of getting up and bend down again and kind of mulling around a bit, um, that's kind of when we picked them up off the cliffs. Um, so if you yeah, have, you, ideally yeah you don't want to take any elevation until you need to um, right just because if it's if it's steep snow and it's open you know you have to shovel yourself a path up there um like nolan and the boys did uh, a couple years ago <laughs> watching that, that footage of those guys trying to get elevation can be can be tricky we stayed in the trees and we were able to kind of scramble up and it was a little bit more frozen not not as much snow had accumulated in there so our crampons we were, we were pretty quick moving moving around just with the crampons on and it was pretty solid footing with those big old spikes on you but yeah i would say if you can stay in the bottom if you if you're finding them from the bottom there's no sense uh, moving up any higher until you've run out of options are you typically finding them lower this time of year like just given the the snow levels are they lower than where they would be from their summer range or they're I, all over i think in that area i know where we were last year i don't know about this area that we're going into this year but i know the area we were in, in last year i know someone that went in late august and there was kind of goats in the similar type of areas to where i shot the one last year and then there was also goats at a higher elevation they just kind of i mean i think with those coastal mountains and that whole area there's just there's goats there's a lot of goats in that area like they're kind of spread all over right and i think one of the things that people overlook with goats is they seem to think they're always at the top and in my history hunting goats that hasn't always been true it seems to me they're always in the nastiest spots and sometimes that's halfway up a mountain where there's a cliff band right yeah um and i think that's just where they tend to live and i could be wrong but that's what i've seen yeah we've definitely found that keying in on that like escape terrain there and those cliffy sections where they just like to bed out and and hang out on those cliff faces i think when when we're out sheep hunting glassing up goats and stuff you see them in those same kind of areas that we saw them in, in the winter as well but uh, certainly if it's there's nice green grass down low early you know in the fall hunting season they can come down for that sort of stuff but usually that that escape train and that train where they feel safe is 
to me it seems like it's the same uh in fall and in and in winter yeah right yeah that makes sense um the the local chilliwack goats here i i try and i try and look at them as often as i can and yeah they they're just they they don't change they're they're in the same spot all year round and it's just like if they ever opened up a season there uh, <laughs> those goats are like perfectly safe because you cannot get there i don't even know how the goats got there so so you know they yeah, didn't like that there used to be a season out there hey did you know that yeah like uh 86 or something yeah. was the last wow. year or something yeah it's crazy yeah which it's is, crazy which is cool. super cool yeah i'd love to i'd love to like actually count how many goats are out there um yeah. so i know like we saw about a dozen in one day but that was a pretty good day and that was in the spring but uh so you're probably not gonna you're probably not gonna believe a lot of guys don't believe me when i tell them this um late november probably four or five years ago i was coming back from a mule deer hunt uh and you know peter's road exit there's that big yellow was it big yellow or big white chair at that exit there's that house there right coming back yeah yeah so i'm cruising down the highway by myself and i just happen to look that way and i see something white in this guy's like i guess it's his backyard there's a set of power lines or something that runs in behind there and I'm like, something doesn't seem right about that. So I took the next exit, flipped back around and came around, pulled over, took that exit, stopped, pulled out my binoculars, and there was a nanny sitting behind that house. No way. Wow. 300 yards off of the highway. Yeah. <laughs> it was one of the crazy. Yeah, okay, like, that, that, that goat came way down. Obviously, yeah. the grass is good in that backyard. <laughs> but, I mean, that's, that's the range they're on. But, yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's I interesting. I've never seen so them. Low. Yeah, I've never seen it ever again since then. Or, But... Everybody I tell that to just thinks I'm lying, and I'm like, okay, well, it is what it is, but it happened. I know what a goat looks like. Yeah. No, I believe you because I know how many are up there. So, yeah. wow, man, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, so, uh, who's shooter this time that you guys go? So, it's Jeff, Mark, and Lorne are going, you guys are going in. So, Jeff, you had a smoking hot 2020, uh, like smoking hot season. So, are you, are you pack mule? Yeah, you know, if I was hunting with you, you'd be pack mule. Is that what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm playing pack mule. Um, we're actually we're, we're going into a draw zone, so I don't even have a tag. Um, okay, Mark, perfect. Yeah, Mark and Lauren both have tags. Oh yeah, nice. So it's between you and your brother, Mark. Yeah, <clears throat> Lauren will be going first. He's done. He's done two trips already, helping other guys. So he's he's paid his dues. He's uh, he's ready to <laughs> take take the helm and and uh, grab the rifle for the first one, and then. Uh, keep stacking them after that so keep stacking yeah. them other but because <laughs> no because no one has a tag for there too he's not sure if he's if he's coming or if he's coming or not but so the, oh, no, Nolan might, might come with you so the three of us do all have tags he's on the fence i haven't heard we haven't heard for sure yet but right. he, he's humming and on so, so the three of us technically all have tags so we we're we we're pretty ambitious all trying to all go in there and uh but uh, yeah, uh, you guys will pull it off. You guys are you guys are good hunters. Um, Jeff, you've been going in there and shooting like absurd distances, though. Is uh like is that the nature of the hunt, or is there an opportunity? I mean, is there an opportunity for somebody that's got a more modest shooting range to go in there and take a goat, or uh, what's modest? Well, I mean, you're shooting further than I would be comfortable shooting. <laughs> um, um, I mean, I, you. What was your last? What was your last gun? You were out there like eight hundred or something, right? Eight seventy, yeah. Um, Holy, so yeah, you're about like four hundred past my comfort zone. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I, I think 
I don't want to like 800 is not your typical even in that area I don't think that one it just right. played out that way there was kind of no other route that we could take no other option to get anywhere closer that it made sense where I'd be able to comfortably shoot from like we looked at a couple different options where I'd put myself within 400 yards but I couldn't get the rest that I'd wanted I'd be shooting off a tree branch or something at 400 yards where where we were I could get prone I had the time to dry fire um, and yeah, to me, that's rock solid 800. Yeah, exactly. Right. Laid everything all out. I mean, the way we set up on, there was a bit of a snowbank there. Um, when I got off the rifle, I mean, the, the rifle was almost pointed right at the goat without me even touching it. Right. Like it was just, it was a perfect setup. That's perfect. Yeah. yeah. So to me, it makes more sense to take that shot than to try and get to four or 500 yards and trying to be sitting on a cliff band and not, not, you know, just not comfortable. Um, oh, but for I, sure. Yeah, no, like, tip my hat to that, man. Like, I, you, you put in the work. I know you shoot a lot, and I know you're a great shot. So, like, man, I wish I wish I could, I wish I could do that. Uh, yeah, good for you, man. It's sick. Yeah, but with that being said, too, I, I do think there's opportunities to get a little bit. It, it all depends on where that goat's going to be, and um, it, I, I, I do think it's one of those hunts where you are expecting to shoot a little bit uh, longer range. Most guys I've talked to that are hunting winter goats are definitely taking, you know, over three, 400 yard shots for the most. I think 400 would be the average, if not, maybe a little, even a little what bit. Do you, what, how, what, what's your comfort level going into this, Mark? Like, what's your what's your range? I've been shooting rocks and stuff, so got the gun works this year. So feeling feeling pretty confident to be able to reach out, you know, oh, not yeah? far. But uh, yeah, I got to go out, probably chase the coyotes right before we go here and just uh, get a little bit more shooting under my belt. But yeah, I think so. Think so you got about that far. You've you've well, been I, I kind of want to top, kind of want to top Jeff's yeah. number though. So I might have to back up a little bit just to make sure. <laughs> for I, sure, a yard, a yard or two further than his, you know. <laughs> that's epic, man. That, wow, you guys are really stretching it. Um, that's that's badass. Yeah, I yeah. like to go into a hunt and like you know I like to feel good at like 500, 600. Um, you guys are a different, different whole different level. What caliber is that gun? Works like what is you what are you shooting there? It's a 6.5 PRC, uh, this one we got. So yeah, spent quite a, quite a bit of time behind it. And yeah, those, those things are just like, it blew me away how accurate the actual, the rifle is itself. Like me as a marksman, uh, there's lots of room for improvement, but when you're starting out with, you know, some of the best shooting groups from, from the, from your tool as, as you can get, it, it helps a lot with your, with your confidence and being able to work out that way. So yeah, get out and shoot do a bunch of rock shooting and even when i was out deer hunting and stuff if at near the end of the day if there's nothing going on you just send one down range and before you hiked out of the area or whatever and just make sure so you're you know kind of constantly kind of training and thinking about your shots and like you said like with with jeff's like we spent i don't know 25 minutes shoveling out a, a slope for him so we, and we laid really? down we laid down our a sleeping pad and he was he was prone at like i don't know six it was steeper than 45 i bet but yeah oh, we had sure. we shoveled out a nice flat you know six foot <laughs> looked like a ski jump that he just laid perfectly down on so like that's the kind of preparation you're doing to make those shots and in, in those real life scenarios so we had him he was solid he was on a sleeping mat he was warm he, he dry fired a bunch of rounds you know got his breathing yeah. right you know super patient waited for the wind we kind of just waited and waited till it was kind of getting to, to evening so we waited for the wind to die down make sure there wasn't gusting or anything and, and really took our time and that's what it really takes to shoot that far in those real life 
situations. So yeah, we were saying like you probably couldn't have killed that goat from anywhere else. We 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 thought about it a lot. We were we were looking, hey, could we climb up maybe around here to this knoll and could we get an angle on them? It's like, well, like I don't know, you'd be kind of hanging out off the off the edge there trying to get a sight line. And so yeah, it came down to Jeff was pretty comfortable and we set him up and there there was never any pressure. It was like, hey, well let's just we can't get to him. It's starting to the end of the day. Let's set up and see how you feel. And if it if it works out, it works out. If if the wind was kept up as 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 it had in like the middle of the day where it was like pretty gusty and snow was blowing around and stuff like that, it probably it wouldn't have been doable. But the conditions kind of just lined up just right. And he, Jeff Jeff's a good sh- a good shot too. So he's always training out to those to those distances at the range, you know, on the bench and then. It, in those real yeah. field situations as well, which, which goes a long way, just judging your windage and shooting angles too. Like you said, for those goats, they're always perched on the cliff, usually shooting uphill. Wow. Do you guys, like you guys documented that hunt. I'd love to, love to see some, some pictures or anything of, uh, of the shooting rest. That'd be pretty sweet. Get that over to me. Yeah, Mark. Yeah. We'd love to I got see. a bunch of footage, but, uh, I'm a pretty decent photographer and, and editor of photography, but uh, just learning the ropes on the video editing. But I don't know, I was almost thinking maybe just sending the footage off to someone else to to get it edited up. But it's a big task to, to learn how to edit. But I kind of had a little trailer edited up of some of the clips. And but uh, yeah, I do have some footage. I got to do something with it sooner or later. But I know it's been it's a, been sitting on my desk for a year. But Jeff yeah, keeps bugging me to. I got to get to work on that. So that'll yeah, be coming down the pipe. That sounds like later. me and you mine and Chris's <laughs> conversations. I'm like you get 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 in Nick's here. Nick draws motivation from somewhere, but yeah. Well, it takes me usually a year to finish those, so this one was over a year. So, oh, yeah, that one that just came out—that was over a year, wasn't it? Yeah, long, that was it's a long form like... content. It takes a long time to do it. So. Dude, I don't blame you guys. I the other day I was like, I'm gonna make a small video reel for like family back in Europe of my 2021 hunting season, and I like got. 30 seconds into it trying to play with this uh with um premiere pro and i'm like forget this i'm not using this app again deleted everything i had forget that yeah yeah oh yeah no it's it's a grind for sure um the video scares me i don't think i could handle i don't think i could handle it that's a lot it's it's so it's so much work yeah it's even just the, the filming side of things where you're always worried about you know your audio and just making sure all your your exposures are good and stuff. It's uh, there's a few extra things to think about. I think those those video guys, the guys who do it well, are are, are super talented. So I was kind of my first time videoing, and yeah, I got a bunch of footage, but uh, some of it's good, some of it's no good. It's just a matter of sifting through and try to build, a, like Nick said, try to build a story and have, telling you know a compelling story is just like a huge a huge task as well. So it's, you kind of uh, always got to be switched on to it too. Like you got to be in a completely different headspace where you're like, you can't really miss any moments that are going to like, where you're just like, Oh, I don't have this part of the story. So then the whole film is just kind of shot, you know? There's, yeah. Like those hybrid shooters are doing photos and videos, like on, you know, on the same camera and stuff. Like, I, you know, I couldn't do it with, with this we were it was great. Cause, uh, Jeff had the tag for, for that year and Lauren, Lauren and I just helped out. So Lauren was just dedicated, did the photo. So I was like, oh, there's no better time to, to try my hand a video and, and just focus on, on capturing that. So it was kind of a neat opportunity that we, I usually don't, don't have. So it's a good time to try it. But, uh, the editing part, the learning curve is, is quite intense to, to figure all that out. But yeah, fair enough. What are you guys shooting on? The Sony a seven, uh, threes. Nice. So running Same that. Same as me. Some Tamron lenses, uh, some of their 
zooms and sigma uh, 14 to whatever it is wide zoom so nice few uh few lenses and and a couple two bodies we'll take yeah that's sweet how how have you guys done i'm curious with like the kind of gnarly hunts that you're going on how have you done with uh maintaining your gear and not breaking it (laughs) i haven't done very well (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, you have to be pretty pretty careful i mean um, our sheep hunt last year, we got into just brutal weather. I mean, it was, you know, raining sideways and things like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was just one of those things where like, ah, oh, we'd love to just, you know, take the cameras out and get some photos, but we were, we were pretty, like, we were pretty worried. We were, in, we were pretty careful to just pull them out when you, when you have your shot and then, yeah, and then and stuff them back. But like when you're video and you got to like run a gun, like that's when yeah. <laughs> that'd be terrible. But yeah. yeah, we run the, the cotton carrier on the front and when it's when it's nice weather and stuff and so it's always accessible but uh nice. and then try to keep them in your sleeping bag to dry them all if you're running a synthetic sleeping bag you can oh yeah that'd be it keep That's them smart. keep them dry and and warm overnight and then yeah i had a couple i had a little bit of trouble with one of my lenses got super fogged up like on the inside like the moisture was just in got like inside and you know it was, it was like that for a day and then the sun came out and i was able to it was, let it let it sunbathe a bit and yeah finally finally worked all the the moisture out so and it ended up being fine but uh yeah it's it's super tricky and when you're taking you know thousands of dollars worth of yeah. camera gear in some of the most rugged places on earth you know it's uh it gets tricky trying to balance like getting because yeah always like when the weather's nasty when you're in you know windstorm when you're in the blizzard like those are the photos that are so, so yeah that's what you want to capture yeah yeah it's like when it gets gnarly is the time when you need to be pulling the camera out and not yeah. putting it away so at some point you got to be you know as careful as you can be but you got to also you know yeah. try to get those you got to do your cost benefit shots. analysis there <laughs> so yeah that last that last photo right before pair. yeah wait that last photo right before it all craps the beds is going to be the best one <laughs> yeah 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 just when it fills the snow yeah. I took a lens. I took a lens for a swim the other day, and um, yeah, it's it's it went to God. It's gone. <laughs> yeah, it dried out, yeah, and like it's like it's still it's still clear, but um, autofocus went went to hell. So no water sure just doesn't mix work. well with those things. I toasted my no. camera uh, during the spring bear season, just like kind of pushing the limits of keeping it out in the rain. <laughs> a camera and a gimbal. Gimbal before that. Oh, so, yeah. imagine those gimbals can't be too water resistant track record no they're not <laughs> i thought it I think, was uh, until it wasn't i think all of you me sean like all our mates that we got cameras have all busted something recently nick i know sean yeah. drowned a camera devon left one on the roof of his car and drove down the road oh. um yeah <laughs> no like his yeah, camera or a lens both oh no yeah. devon's just got yeah. no luck jeez yeah, no yeah, wow. it's, but you, you've been dabbling with the camera too, but it looks it looks the things, yeah. Yeah, just a little bit. Just trying to learn from these two, pretty much getting into it and yeah. starting. I'm gonna get a couple. It's nice having friends and know what they're doing. Intern. Hey? Yeah, I've trusted <laughs> me to enter. <laughs> first intern uh, hire, so yeah, we're pretty excited about that. Expanding the, the company here, so bringing Jeff on <laughs> as he, an intern, and he gets the coffee orders right, I guess. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's done good so far. We haven't had a let him go yet so how do i go from model to intern i don't know if that's a step up or step down hey, you're doing it you're the the whole deal you're the real package there jeff you're your model shoe shiner 
intern, <laughs> get the coffee orders. This, this guy does it all. I tell you, he's quite the asset to have out on these trips. Oh, <laughs> that's, oh that's that's too good. That's too good. I guess on this oh, trip man. coming up, I am kind of a little bit of an intern. I'm just playing pack boy. So, so are you going to take? Are you going to take photos in this hunt, Jeff? Like, please tell me you are. Yeah, I'm actually. I'm just trying to figure out what lenses. I'm going to go rent a couple lenses. I think I'm going to get that. Um, I'm going to get a 70 to 210, and then I want to get like a wide, I don't know what wide lens I want to get, but I have a 24 to 70, which is just the basic to rock, and then maybe even a couple primes, but it sounds like I might have to carry a rifle on me, so that kind of offsets some of the weight I was hoping to not have on me. Is but, the rifle a modeling thing, or do you have to? Do you actually have to carry just, it for somebody? Just a ba- I think it's just going to be a backup rifle, just in case kind of thing. Um, right. So I'm sure we'll be switching it out back and forth, but... The boys are taking pictures for work and stuff, right? Um, so if they need yeah. me carrying it, then I'll be carrying it. Yeah, so. fair, cool. What's the camera you're running? We're getting, like, it is behind the glass, and it's a it's a double meaning. It's uh, binoculars and camera lenses, so this is totally... <laughs> yeah, that's right. This is whether the audience likes it or not, we do, so... <laughs> binoculars are my strong suit. Um, no, yeah. I just got a Sony a6000, and I've been... I think I'm actually going to pick up an a7 III. Um, nice. Pretty nice. quick here. Because, I mean, and switch over to, I was actually looking today at uh, doing a full Tamron, doing like the 17 to 28, then the 28 to 75, and then the 75 to 180, and just having that full setup, I think, would be kind of cool. Last year, I went out, and I was doing some wildlife photography. I picked up uh, that Sony 200 to 600, just to go snap some pictures of sheep, and that was a pretty cool one to use for a weekend. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, Got into some really, really big rams, and got some cool pictures. You own that that lens, or you rent that lens? No, 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 I just rented it. I rented it from... uh, no, I wouldn't buy it. No, I rented I was it from. Say, Gear- that's an expensive lens. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, I rented it from Gearbase in downtown Vancouver. Oh, yeah. I think that's what they're called. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, my mate Sean, the other the other Aussie in town. He works at Reliable Gun now. He used to work at Gearbase, so yeah, we're, we're familiar with those guys. And and their prices um, are pretty. Like it, I I rented it for a weekend. It was like seventy five bucks for the weekend. So I mean, can't yeah, it's pretty reasonable. Nothing. Yeah, good exactly. way to sample a lens. For get sure. a different focal length experience. It was cool. But so that's something I need to do is is get uh, get some longer lens stuff because seventy two hundred just doesn't quite cut it for I don't know getting up close with some wildlife shots, and that's just like so killer when you can do that. Yeah, I think it's pretty. I think even I know Nick Chris was saying before he wants to get you out hunting, but I think even um, going out in the off season to take pictures of wildlife is almost a good way to work on just your stalking abilities and stuff like yeah. that too. I, so what I kind of noticed last year, just in right. one weekend, um, yeah. was kind of cool. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely like just when Chris was talking about the, the sheep or the, sorry, the goats he's been seeing in Chilliwack, like that'd be sweet just to go out like, and just, just to shoot photos of them. Yeah. Oh yeah. I definitely. That'd be super fun. For sure. But it, it was my intention my to, to take time skiing. Yeah, that's got to stop, Nick. Like, I I, this is the first time. <laughs> no, you got to start like, skiing I'm... with me, Chris, so no, then we both learn listen. avalanche skills, and then then we can go on these crazy winter goat hunts. No. Maybe I'm going to go be a, an intern at Trudel Media once Jeff's graduated. And yeah, the, sure. These guys don't seem like they ski or a <laughs> little bit of caution to the wind. I like it. I'm going with these guys. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Have your way. Jeff, are you I running the Gunworks? Are you running the Gunworks rifle as well, or no? I... You, you had. What did you have? I shoot a fierce. So I got a fierce edge, uh, six yeah. and a half PRC as well. I think that for me, for a mountain caliber, I think a six and a half PRC is pretty much number one on the mountain right now. People, yeah, everyone's pretty fired up about it. Yeah, I mean, 
I just I haven't had anything else shoot that gun. And I mean, everyone's all bigger is better, and I just I'm so far from the bigger is better type of thing. Um, when you can shoot a rifle, you guys reloading for those things? You reloading? No, I'm just I'm shooting factory. Um, I mean, the, the factory I'm coming out with is it's at three thousand feet per second. It's a hundred forty three grain bullet, and when Holy. I do my part, my gun shoots point two MOA. So, I mean, it's it's untouchable. Holy smokes, man, yeah. that's insane. Are you, what about you, Mark? You reloading for the gunworks? No, we got factory ammo as well. So running the... Do those gunworks come with the, with uh, with uh, gunworks ammo, right? Yeah, we got a couple of boxes of that. So they're the 147 grain. Bullets and that just shoots stuff. lights out that stuff, or like what happens if you feed a bit of Hornady through it? We that's all we've that's all we put through it. So it's uh, no complaints right. yet. So stick with what works. Oh, for sure. No, Plus I'm probably 100 bucks a box. <laughs> yeah, I bet. When do you take off? <laughs> What's that? When do you head off on this hunt? Eight, the 18th we're taking off. I just had to deal with some work stuff, but I think we're, yeah, we're taking off after I got hung up at work on the 18th. So right after I get off work on the 18th and we'll be until the end of the season, I'm thinking, or whenever we get it done. Yeah. Wow. Cool. That's uh. so what's, um, like I'm trying to think when you guys are going over all the gear and stuff, like I'm thinking about when I'm packing for September and how I'm trying to shave ounces off everything, cut my toothbrush in half and, you know, counting out nuts to put in my, my, my lunch kit. Um, like what's your, what's your pack weight going into this thing? It must be, it must be insane. You must be 80 pound going in. I was 79 last year. Oof. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's right in there. I mean, with the extra camera gear and water is the one nice thing where you can just boil, stop and boil your water. Or if you're in the valley, you can grab. If there's a creek running through there, you can grab it. So you don't, you don't have to pack as much, as much water, mm-hmm. as opposed to if you're going sheep hunting and going up high, you need to grab a couple liters of water. That adds up quick. But uh, yeah, so all that extra stuff. Extra, so. extra fuel for melting snow, I guess. So yeah, you got the extra, extra fuel, I guess, instead of packing the water. And then, I mean, like if you're not wearing your snowshoes, you're, you're packing them on your back. <laughs> so, mm. <laughs> it depends if you're just going up and back, or it depends what you're leaving behind. So. We ended up packing all our stuff in through the through the bottom, and then after Jeff shot that one, we took kind of a, a later day pack, and we didn't know if we were gonna get all the way to that go. Depend how long it took us to to get there, like access. So we had kind of a day pack that we were hiking with. We needed to spend the night. We we could have, but uh, the boys were yeah, the smart. Gears. They at least took their. How did that? How stuff. did that recovery go? Didn't you guys have a bit of an adventure with that? That recovery? Oh yeah, it was what fourteen hours that recovery. Oh man! Holy smoke! So so <laughs> yeah, let's jump right back in. So you, you're laying on that ski jump. You've taken that shot. Uh, goats down. Uh, you guys, you I think if I, if I recall correctly, you guys left it that night because it was getting dark. Am I correct? On yeah, that? we we made a play at it that night. We kind of dropped a lot of our stuff, and we're and Lauren's like, well, let's make a play at it. Um, so we did, and we got up got some elevation off of um or up towards where the goat was and it was just like i mean it took us an hour to gain like 300 feet and holy if we were like okay it's 5 30 or something like it's getting dark we're not doing this let's get back to camp so we were like i mean we hadn't set nothing up we left a bunch of stuff kind of right where i had shot from and um we're like we need to go set up camp and you know make a plan and a play so that night we kind of headed back set up camp Lauren kind of boogied off on me and Mark worked on getting camp set up and what a fucking nightmare. Can I swear on here? Where did Lauren okay? go? Where's, where's Lauren gone through all this? Just what, down to Starbucks just, or what? 
<laughs> yeah, he was grabbing coffees. I'm coffee boy this year. He was coffee boy last <laughs> year. <laughs> no, just just because. Um, I mean, those coastal mountains, they're like straight up and down, right? So we knew that we were going to have to try and take the true. Our, our assessment was if there's trees, we can climb it. That's kind of how we looked at it. So yeah. Lauren That's wanted, what I normally go with. Yeah. yeah. Right? I mean, there's trees, we can climb it, right? Um, yeah. So what we figured. So Lauren kind of backed up and went up the other side of the valley just to try and gain a little bit of elevation to look back that way. And... Um, to see if he could make a route and we kind of had he came back and we kind of made a decision on what we were going to attempt in the morning um but he was only gone like half an hour maybe um you know long enough that i still couldn't set up a fucking tent so what <laughs> was the to, issue why, why couldn't you set up a tent like you too cold or what's going you ever, on you ever tried to put your fucking tent po- your tent pegs into fucking snow oh right <laughs> yeah, okay around. gotcha <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh man, Mark eventually, I was getting so angry, I was smashing shit, Mark eventually just comes over at one point with a couple tree branches, he's like, why don't you just use these instead of the pegs, cause that, or the stakes, because those are clearly not working for you. That's smart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those, those little gear things that you don't, you don't quite think of, right? So, Jeff's got a great tent for sheep and stuff, but it's not a freestanding tent, so it's got to be staked out for it to stand oh, up, so without, uh, you know the special like snow pegs where it meant for going into the snow or anything. He was, he was pretty struggling pretty good. So we ended up using a bunch of, bunch of long sticks to, to jam into the snow to, to hold it up. But, uh, Lauren and I were rocking the, the QU tent, which is like my favorite ever with the external poles. So you just snaps up and about three, you know, 30 seconds and yeah. you're good to go. You throw wherever you want, but. You don't have to worry about stringing a fly over top or anything. So yeah, that, that QU tent with the external poles is setting up is, is so nice. And I noticed you guys yeah. mentioned you you made just a note to mention um sleeping pads. Um, anytime I've like slept on the snow, I've taken my inflatable sleeping pad and then put a, a closed cell foam underneath it. Is that what you guys were doing? Yeah, exactly. That's what I did. And when Lauren went on his first hunt, he only had the one, and yeah, the the ground is is just rubs your heat so fast if you don't have like a specialized uh like winter specific sleeping plaid i know the those inflatable ones can come with like down inside and stuff like that that, that make them stand alone but yeah i just i just run the two it's, it's yeah. a little bulky carrying that closed cell phone but it weighs next to nothing and it's great to just lay out in the snow so that like, that's what jeff shot off of was that closed cell phone one that's so what i was thinking yeah that's super handy to have if you wanted to sit down or anything you just throw those down and keep your inflatable one in your pack until that one only that one only gets inflated inside the tent anyways because they're so fragile yeah exactly so it's yeah it's an extra layer which yeah that's kind of what i was thinking um so all right so how how did the recovery go so you got a plan in the morning all lawn sort of got a plan what what how'd it go down yeah so we kind of got up in the morning um we got a good breakfast into us because we knew we had a long day ahead of us and we kind of chatted a little bit about what the plan was going to be and we're looking at the mountain and i mean most guys hear 800 yards and you think you're going to cover 800 yards pretty quick no. You're not covering 800 yards very quick at all. And um, so the guys were smart. They packed up. Did you, you guys packed up your tent, didn't you? You guys threw your tent in the pack. I was – maybe not. I think we made a decision no, to just take our sleeping bags and everything. Pretty yeah. much frozen and a little snow on it. So I think – yeah, I think we – I had, we had the tarp though. Yeah, we, we had, had the tarp. baby tarp, so. Yeah, we're pretty much like – we're going to go as light as possible to try and get up there and make this a one-day trip. But we're taking our tarps and our bags and everything so that if we have to sleep Just on the side case, of the mountain. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so we started making the climb and it was slow going. And 
for me, one of the frustrating things is I'm trying to follow Lauren and his strides like double mine. And I'm stepping through the snow, three feet of snow. And, but I mean, I think we got to elevation of the goat probably within, I think it took us probably seven, six, seven hours. What do you think, Mark? Six hours. Yeah. Good. Uh, yeah. Good portion, good portion of the day. I mean, it's another <laughs> trouble with that is it's only daylight for, you know, a few hours yeah. a day, but yeah, we got, we were up super early. So yeah, it took us, yeah, probably five or six five or six yeah elevation and then at that point we realized we had gone and, and a little... sorry jeff did you climb were you climbing through the trees there to get that elevation or how did you just how did you tackle that yeah between trees and a, we were in a small little avi shoot there was kind of like small little yeah. avi shoots within the trees that are broken Got through it. and we climb up through that and kind of back into the trees just whatever seemed to kind of work the best um right up and then we made a little bit of a poor decision going one way and should have gone the other way and we ended up at the bottom of this like I'll never forget. I think that was one of the coolest parts. Was we ended up at the bottom of this just straight cliff face, and like we're looking across it, and we're like, "All right, well, we either got two options: we go back down and restart this, or we got to cross the bottom of this cliff face." And what had happened was a lot of the snow and ice had dropped off, and it was probably two hundred feet tall, just straight rock, um, and the snow and rock or snow and ice had it just came off the top, and it had built up somewhat of a wall, kind of right at the bottom of it. Oh yeah. So it was like. I don't know, maybe 60, 70 feet across. And it was just turn your stomach in towards the inside of the rock and you're just toe picking your way across. And uh, Lauren took the lead. He's like, all right, well, I'll try this first. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll go behind you. And we kind of set ourselves each up about 40 feet apart and just toe picking our way right across this cliff face. And Are you guys get... roped up at this point, like tied onto each other? No, not, well, no, because if yeah. one of us goes, we don't want to pull the other ones down. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but it, it was just to cross that was super slow. And I remember getting yeah. across it and I'm like, holy, like, this is an interesting situation. This is what yeah, we call that's hunting. Yeah, big boy stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. I mean, I wish, I don't think we got, you, we didn't get any footage of that, right, Mark? No, we, we didn't. But, I mean, it was just well a really. Done, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. R- rookie videographer here. So, yeah, yeah. Some shots were missed. <laughs> But yeah, we so we got across that, and then um, we kind of got to a spot where we knew we're at elevation. The goat had f- we we saw him fall, and he kind of fell into trees. But we didn't know mm-hmm. from that point where he had kind of gone. And planner, we had downloaded or Lauren had downloaded the fat maps, like when you pre-download it, I guess, on your phone, right? And you can access it while you don't have cell reception. Um, we knew there was a small shoot in there, and we were hoping he had landed in the shoot and not the trees. Mm-hmm. So we kind of made the call like, Kate, hey, let's get as high up on the shoot as we can and just try and take this shoot down and uh, worked our way into it. And I think, was it the first or second step I took when I got into that shoot? I just bailed and started sliding pretty good. Oh, really? Oh, man. I, I, that was like, I had to grab my ice axe and dig my ice axe into, Ooh. it wasn't like a self-arrest like you'd see on YouTube or something, but it was a minor self-arrest. And I would have been totally fine because another 30 feet and it was pretty soft snow, so it would have caught me. But for about two seconds, it felt like a minute. It was a little scary for sure. Yeah, no thanks, man. Sounds exciting. Yeah. <laughs> and then from there, it was just a matter of working down that chute and it was pretty nasty. And eventually we found, uh, I was, we were kind of like looking down and we saw like one speck of blood way down in the snow. And we worked our way down and you could see where the goat had fallen off the cliff face and just hit the snow and pretty much like 
I don't know, it must have been like a trampoline because he put like a three inch, like a crater to hit the snow or three foot like impact into the snow. And then it looked like you'd bounced out and just started to use the, the chute like a slide and just slid all the way down the slide. Um, so we were pretty much. So just you guys are, you guys are significantly above this goat at this point. Oh yeah. Yeah. But we had to, oh, we like, that was the, our, that, we figured that. Oh, the that was the intention was to be above. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. We wanted to start from above and work our way down if possible. Um, and we were just, we happened to find where he landed. Like you could tell, like it was like six feet by six feet and three feet deep in the snow. Like he hit that and he bounced right out of it. And like in that moment, I'm thinking, all right, well, every step I take, I'm looking for horn. Cause he for sure broke something like, <laughs> um, and so, did he break? No, he didn't. He oh, chipped a little bit off one and he's pretty scratched up, but yeah. So yeah. I think Lauren went up ahead after that and we just slowly, it was slow going, like going down the chute. Um, trying to stay in the deepest snow possible because you'd hit patches where it was just straight ice and it would have been the same thing as where I started. Like you're just going for a bit of a bit of a ride, but slowly working down and then Lauren's probably a hundred feet below me and Mark and all I hear him yell is like he looks up and he's like, Oh, it doesn't look good, boys and I'm like, What the fuck does that mean, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like he's like, All I see is blood and hair and I'm like, dude, well, what? That's a good sign. Right? Well, he like he could see the goat, and I'm oh. like, okay. So we kind of get down there, and I get above the goat, and it was actually I don't know if you've seen the pictures. There was a little bit of a waterfall right behind where the goat had like finished sliding. Um, oh, wow. So we had to work our way kind of down this little, not huge, but a small waterfall. But yeah, he was dead there, and the birds had I think it was figured it was birds had got to him, which was super weird because it was minus five, minus ten at night. He was froze up. But they got to him. They picked his eyes out. They were picking the hair off of him. Like there was hair everywhere. It was pretty crazy. Wow. <laughs> Jeff was running around collecting bundles of hair just to patch it up again. No. <laughs> he was pretty worried about it. No bullshit. No bullshit. I still got a tuft of hair in my pack. <laughs> That's I called, awesome. I called my taxidermist after he came out. I'm like, I got all the extra hair for wherever they picked it out. <laughs> I'm yeah, sure that was a good conversation. Yeah, it, he said it was okay. I mean, I haven't got it back yet. We'll see. But um, yeah, we got to it. And I think at that point we were, I don't know, nine, ten hours in. And we still had to deal with this whole goat and get back down the mountain. So um, dealing with it there, we had to actually move him because it was just too steep kind of in the spot he was in. Sure, yeah. I think that's why, yeah. And, yeah, uh, we ended up just sliding them further down where we had kind of hung up, so we ended up getting them to a little bit of a flatter spot to to work on them. Yeah, just got to work. And I mean, it's kind of cool. Those like those late like I've uh, cleaned up a goat in September and versus a goat in February, and like you're cutting through hair and your knife's going dull. It's like holy, like the hairs are eight to ten inches long all over them. Trying to get through, it's crazy. But got that done and started heading down the mountain and by that point it was already dark by the time we started heading down but we were like we're done we're cleaned out you know we're how far off down the, the, like where where you ended that process in the goat like how how far out the valley bottom are you it's like you're, you're pretty close or are you still a, quite probably, the adventure from home uh i mean we were still it took us probably an hour and a half two hours to get back down um jeez we're still probably i mean we were probably halfway up the mount from where so figure if it was 860 yards up it wasn't completely straight but it was pretty fucking straight um 
I mean, we were still probably, I'd say, eight to 800 to 1,000 feet above the bo- valley bottom, if I had to guess. Hmm. And you guys yeah. would have been going down a different way you came up, I guess, then. Yeah. yeah. So that make luck- you nervous at night? Uh, yeah. You know what had happened, I think, over, just looking back at it now, I think a lot, it was a pretty warm day that day we made that climb up and got him. I think a lot of everything that was solid softened up, so it was actually kind of nice going down because, I mean, we're post-holing all the way down, but at the same time, at least we're not slipping and sliding. Yeah, is what for I sure. found. So, yeah. um, but I I wasn't overly nervous going down that night. Lauren and Mark have these fucking crazy headlamps that just light up the entire mountain. I was like, <laughs> oh, those are pretty fucking cool. That's I'll great. walk in front of you, no problem. Yeah, it's pretty much like daylight, <laughs> so it's no problem for us. That's yeah. sweet. But uh, well, Nick, I can't stay on a mountain in the middle in September, and these guys are coming down in February. Yeah, yeah, dark, you're so coming. Like, you're you're like packing your warmest clothes and whatever, and complaining about the cold and. No, I was saying that I, oh. I was talking. About, I was talking. <laughs> well, that, yeah, I'm, I, I'm cold too, but I'm talking about me falling and sliding down a mountain in the summer. Like, oh guys, yeah, no kidding. These guys Chelsea are staying slippery, on their feet. Though. Don't bring it up. These guys are gonna think I'm a wimp. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff's actually sliding on ice. I'm slipping on pebbles. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck those pebbles can be dangerous. Oh, it felt like it felt like ice when I was. Yeah, just on like it. the loose, the loose pebbles over a, a harder surface. That's what oh, they yeah. Chris in. Oh yeah, I've had a, I was packing my Ramo this year and I slid on a couple of fucking those. It's oh, pretty man. nasty. Yeah. yeah, well I'm. Yeah, well, I was yeah. lucky that Chris was the one in front. I was just following, so I I skipped that section and didn't dislocate yeah, my, my shoulder. My wingman with my my protector <laughs> on the mountain is behind me filming snapchats oh yeah i was making an instagram story when it happened and then as soon as he slid i whipped up my camera and took some photos of him screaming for help and he's just hey guys nick here from the mountain (laughs) (laughs) hashtag get it (laughs) (laughs) i'm still injured from that i can't i still can't do certain oh really yeah oh yeah 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 that'll uh stick with you a little bit my Mm -hmm. my dislocated shoulder took a while to heal up or feel feel normal but that's yeah yeah, that's a nasty one i was actually i was pretty terrified when that happened because i thought i was gonna have to put your shoulder back in and i was like i don't know how to do that (laughs) i'm glad it didn't come to that (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. that would have been an interesting one for the instagram story (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. we would have filmed it too yeah so you did you you said you you fell when you were packing that now we're just going to jump straight into jeff's ram jeff the hunter of the year Mark, you can interject with anything that's cooler than what Jeff does at any point. <laughs> but did you fall Nothing with that cooler. ram, Jeff? I didn't quite fall, but I I was kind of like, good. yeah, I was sliding down with the rocks pretty much. Like I was able to keep my footing, but I was just kind of going with the rocks as they kind of slid out. And then I got out of it. I didn't I didn't fall, luckily. That would have been nasty, right. but it's good. Yeah, um, that's no fun. Yeah, no, no fall in there, luckily. Yeah. yeah, he was by himself too, so there's no one to confirm. He didn't fall. Yeah, yeah, I, right, I could bullshit right. you all you want, and you never fucking know. I could have fucking been falling the whole way across that mountain. <laughs> yeah. What else is yeah. uh? What what else is on the books for you guys coming into 2021? You you can go get in there, Mark. You got some big adventures, or uh, we're trying to get to Haida Gwaii this year, but uh, just depending on travel situations and things like that, we were, had. Had this year kind of earmarked for for that adventure, so uh, see see what happens there. We're kind of just playing it by ear and see if things open up or not. But other than that, we'll do stone sheep again and yeah, that's sort of like you, you guys you guys do that every year the stone sheep, hey? 
yeah, we've been doing it for a number of years in a row, so still looking for the right ram. But it's yeah, a, good for you guys. The pick, <laughs> the pickiest sheep hunters on every fucking mountain. What's that? Sorry. I said those two are the pickiest sheep hunters on any mountain. Oh really? It's got to be just right, you know. Got to be just right. You married, <laughs> Mark? Got to be the right one. No, lots of no. time. Lots of time. No, no rush. Right. Lots of time. Got a lady friend though. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. She's lurking. She's lurking around here somewhere, listening. <laughs> she's lurking Making sure I don't say anything bad. Yeah. Okay. Well, you can text me after it and tell me the truth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, your brother. Your brother's got the kids, and uh, I've got the kids, and that that uh, that definitely takes a um takes a a toll on your hunting time. So you guys are probably doing it right. You and Jeff are in terms of keeping your hunting schedules free. Yeah. Yeah, with the kids right now. Every spare yeah, minute, Jeff, every spare Jeff minute. Jeff only dates in the off season, which is which is never because he hunts year round. Pretty much, I I give him like December and January, and then March. You know, maybe July if I'm not out looking for sheep. You've got a you've got a lady friend, Jeff, haven't you? Uh no, not anymore. Oh, no, nope. I thought you were just nice joking. <laughs> Yeah, it's go hunt season, of course he does that. <laughs> oh no. my god. Not at the moment. That's that's fantastic. We'll, we'll leave the comments for off the podcast. Yeah, that's yeah. a good idea. That's a good idea. <laughs> Bite my <Yeah>. tongue. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I'm I to your, to your point there, Mark. I'm really hoping these travel restrictions do loosen up because man, there's a there's a big wide world out there that people want to get out and see and um but uh my mate sean who we we're talking about who works at reliable and used to work at Gearbase, he won the uh the wild sheep society hunt um for the northwest territories for the moose and caribou combo oh yeah so he, he, he bought that ticket like i don't know half an hour an hour before the end of the draw like someone sort of prodded him and was like hey you bet we at the sportsman show said you better go over there and buy one of those tickets and um and he and he got it and <laughs> so i'm trying i'm trying to go on that hunt with him and it was supposed to be last year but obviously got shut down and um fingers crossed they're hopeful that it's going to open up this year for the northwest territories but i think they're i think they've they've been held to a pretty strict standard the guide outfit is up there so fingers crossed because that'd be a great hunt and i'd love to get on it with him yeah that'd be so yeah, that sounds like a good one so are you guys still contemplating going goat hunting in the next month or no 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 sorry yeah yeah, I saw both your guys' jaw drop. Like, is Chris trying to tell us that he's going to be in our valley? <laughs> no, I wasn't trying to scare you. Um, I would really like to. And, uh, yeah, so I started poking the bear. And um, I did, like, get a pretty generous offer to go with uh, someone. And I probably should have gone. Like, I probably should have taken up the offer. Um, because I think it's probably... That goat hunt is probably one of those things that you should do with some people that have done it. And then yeah. you can sort of make your assessment as to whether you've got what it takes. Like, I'd hate to... I'd hate to lead Nick up that mountain and be like, Nick, it'll be okay. And then, you know, get us both so, in trouble. I'd, I'd, I'd much rather tag along with like, say you guys when I'm the Trudell intern next year and, uh, <laughs> and you know, l- learn from you guys and then come back the, the following year. And, and I, I probably should have done it to in, in reality, but no, I didn't, I didn't pull the trigger. I'm responsible for myself. I can handle myself in the back country. So oh, yeah, you just, be I'm a back country here. <laughs> on that i don't know if you guys do you i don't know if you guys know who omar up at precision optics is yep uh so a couple guys last year went in nolan and the guys he went in and 
Uh, one of them had never backcountry hunted at all, never backpack hunted. And I guess Omar thought Nolan was joking when he told him that his friend had never done any sort of backcountry hunting. And he didn't realize till they were actually in the shop and chatting. And the one line that stuck out with Omar when it came to like winter goats and hunting, he's like, you know, most people decide to go for a jog before they just jump straight into running the Boston Marathon, right? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> like that was his analogy to, and I like, I'll never, when they told me about that, like, I'm like, that's a pretty good way to put it actually. So did but, this yeah. guy go and with, he went with no experience? Yeah, he did it. But uh, he went with guys that had experience. He, w- so. he went with guys that had experience. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was going to be yeah, like, oh, yeah. like this guy, what? Like he went solo and no experience? No, or? no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, he, he did it. But uh, I thought that was a pretty funny way to put it. That, yeah, that's a good analogy. I like that jog before the Boston Marathon. That's pretty sweet. I mean, that's <laughs> definitely like my personality type. Um, to be honest, like if I hadn't have reached out to people for advice, like I'd probably be like, I'd probably be packing my stuff right now and getting ready to go up there. But I'm I'm really glad that I did because I think that there's um, something that's going to need some prep. Well, I took my, so I, it, was, it was my birthday, uh, my birthday yesterday. So my birthday present, oh. I uh, got my wife to, my, as my present, I asked her to come look at the goats with me in Chilliwack. Um, so we, we climbed up there, like, you know, the snow level was down way low. So we parked the truck and hiked up and we just like, we're, we're post holing through not deep snow, like very mild snow. Um, and there was a, a frozen waterfall and it was tiny, but I'm trying to cross this thing with my wife and I'm like, this is kind of dangerous just in itself. I'm really glad I'm not going goat hunting right now with zero experience and half-assed equipment that I don't know how to use. So it was a bit of a, it was a good little reality check for me. Yeah, for sure. Next year. Yeah. Knowing how to use the gear is probably pretty big and having like Lauren and stuff there too was huge. I mean, it's good to have it, but it's also good to know how to use it for sure. Right. (laughs) Right. So I'm, I'm getting, I'm trying to get a bit of a read on Lauren. Like I, like I see Lauren, I see him as, pretty mild mannered like a bit of a you know he's a good guy but like the stories you guys tell he sounds like a bit of a dark horse he gets out in the mountain and just gets after it and goes a little wild or oh he's lauren is notorious for the, the death march it's like jeff uh, he's, wouldn't let jeff stop for a drink of water even it was uh go 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 he's uh once he gets focused on this is where we need to get to he's uh yeah he's moving and uh, he doesn't like to, he doesn't like to stop for anything so He's yeah. definitely go 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 uh, once once you get him out there for sure. So you sent Jeff like, oh no, it's just a little further. And every time it's like, oh, just a little further. Yeah. Jeff just like rolled his pickup truck like a week before. It's just like not <laughs> kind of a hurting unit. And we're just like, ah, oh, no. He's like, ah, oh, we gotta keep going. We gotta keep going. It's like, ah, oh, just up here, just up here. Like, oh, let's just get to a spot where we can glass. Is his other favorite lines. Like, oh yeah, just let's just keep going until we can get to a spot where we can glass. It's like yeah, an hour later, you're like, oh. I think I want to hunt with Lorne, Nick. What do you think is going to happen there? Do you think we'll, uh, we'll, him and I will run each other into the ground. We'll just yeah, keep, no one want like to quit. That's, that's the same mentality there. So yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, legs. Hard to keep yeah. up. <laughs> that was yeah. pretty crazy. Actually, Jeff, you roll in your truck. Mark just brought that up. Like, um, I was there for that. That was pretty insane. Um, you, you crashed on the, in- did you hear black ice when you crashed there? Yeah, I caught I caught black ice. They'd only plowed one lane going each way in through the manic in through before Princeton there, yeah. and I kind of kind of moved onto the shoulder a bit because there was a truck kind of tight, and I back end caught black ice and just sent me right off the highway. Oh man, 
but uh, I remember because I remember we, we, we met up with you at that sheet count and the first, yeah, you told me the first thing that went through your mind was shit I was supposed to take that truck goat hunt in a week <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's exactly what I was I, I still I was like oh, I got caught up upside down in my truck and I'm like hanging the roof's fucking below me <laughs> and I I popped myself out my seatbelt trying to like collect all my shit my rifle was in my truck like I fuck I was like there's shit everywhere right and I'm like, I, I crawl out, kick myself out, I crawl out in the snow, and I'm like, I texted Lauren, and I'm like, hey, dude, I'm like, is it cool if you drive to go goat hunting? Because I just wrecked my truck. <laughs> Top of mind. First priority. That's so yeah. funny. Well, like, yeah, I, I've, I've talked about this on the podcast, so I hit black ice that the the November before that, before that, you crashed in February, I, I crashed in November on black ice. And um, yeah, I was the exact same, like, didn't even like I broke my back. I had seven months off work. Like I was a right mess. But yeah, like the first thing through my mind was something stupid like shit. Who's gonna kill the black tail? <laughs> <laughs> Priorities. That's, yeah, that's a disease I think all of us have got. Nick, you're gonna have to well, you've probably got it for something like skiing or something, but yeah, like you just your mind is just <laughs> yeah. so far gone on hunting and that's it's right. just it's That's just a hit. camera. I mean I rifle. Yeah, I, I got lucky. I was, I mean, you, you broke your back. I mean, I remember at the sheep count, you were, you, you were still in the race. Yeah, yeah, I was in that race. <laughs> yeah. I remember thinking when I saw you that next morning, I was like, I guess it could have been worse yesterday for sure. But yeah, man, that was like a hell of a wake up call for me. Like that, uh, that changed my life, that car crash. Yeah. Oh yeah. In a, in a big way. For sure. I'm still, I'm still a, I'm a nervous driver. Like if you ever driving behind me, like I'm, I'm, I'm the guy going super slow and like even when I, now when I drive down like that road that I crashed on, like I, if it's like even remotely cold, I'm in four wheel drive most of the way just so that, cause the, the, you know, yeah. those steep mountains, like it can be, it can be 10 degrees and then you just come around one mountain, it's the shade and there could be black ice right there. So For sure. yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty scared. Um, that's something I have to get over pretty quick here. it's tough i noticed it this year too um yeah. even with a couple of buddies they were driving and i was in the back seat and we we're coming down off of one of the dirt roads and it snowed overnight and i was like dude you need to slow down dude you need to slow down they both fucking sat back and looked at me like you would never be telling us to slow down what the fuck is wrong with you <laughs> like yeah man i took yeah you took a tumble off the road you gotta yeah you're in a good position there yeah for sure all right guys sure. well, I, I think um probably taken up enough of your time i'm just uh, i'm glad you could come on and share a bit of that yeah bit of that knowledge for us and help prepare us and hopefully yeah sweet to up, hear about that hopefully nobody else gets inspired to go up there because yeah hopefully it's just for me, nick and i <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i've been putting together a pretty good gear list with all the stuff we're taking so i'll uh fire that over to you so you guys can have it if you want to put it in the show notes or keep it for yourself yeah, so that, that's actually pretty that. sweet because we've had a couple episodes where we've done like a bit of a pack list and we've got a, mm-hmm. that'd actually be pretty cool. Maybe after like post hunt, we'll get you back on. You can do a bit of a backpack shakeout for us and let, tell us yeah, what was for in sure. there. That'd, that'd actually be pretty sweet. Cool. Yeah. Hey boys. Yeah. Well, hey, I wish us luck up there and like be safe and um, Jeff, make sure you get all the angles that Mark missed on the last one. <laughs> yeah. I'm not running video. I can tell you that much for free. After Wise my 30 man. second experience, there's not a chance. Yeah, good stuff. <laughs> cool guys. Yeah, I wish I wish us the best. I can't wait to see what you come up with. I know it'll be great because uh, for some reason, whenever you guys go out in the bush, crazy stuff happens. <laughs> yeah. 
hopefully another uh, book billy yeah that's right oh we didn't even mention like the, the 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 caliber of that billy that you shot i mean that was crazy yeah he's uh number 160 all time ever or something like that i mean which just doesn't seem crazy wow. high but yeah he goes he goes to 51 and four eighths or something how long were those horns it was 10 and seven eighths just shy of 11 and 10 and four eighths <sighs> on the other that was, yeah. I think that was the first photo you guys leaked after that hunt was just like the tape on the horn. The tape, yeah. yeah. And like, I know, yeah. like I texted to like all my buddies and I got it texted to me like five times and it's like, holy <laughs> shit, that's a big goat. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was a super special goat and super cool. And, you know, I'm excited to have him back hopefully in the next yeah, that's month right. here. Jeff, you're getting a full mount. Me too, right? So yeah. What, yeah. what, 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 I've, I, my form, I've ordered my form. Yeah, I did too. I'm doing. I did. I'm doing stepping up. Uh, and if you're looking at it, its head would be to the right, and then it's looking right. What are you doing? Okay, that'll be. I did mine. So I have one picture of the goat that I took. I think Lauren took through the phone scope, where he stood up and he stretched, and he literally looks like a horse. Like he's got this huge swayed back, this huge. Like I'll send you the picture. It's just I think it's one of the most amazing pictures of a Billy I've ever seen. Uh, so I sent that to my taxidermist. And we went through the molds and what would suit that the best. And uh, so he's going to be coming slightly downhill, looking to the left um, and kind of almost in a little bit of a stretch. So it really highlights that suede back and that long hair oh, coming yeah. kind of right over the top of his shoulder. I think it'll be pretty cool. That and then the cool. rocks. Yeah, the rocks going to have tons of snow and ice all over it. And, and you doing, because cool. um, I got I got given the option to do like actually wall mount or a pedestal. Are you gonna, you're doing full wall mount or pedestal side yeah yeah full wall it'll be full yeah. wall on That's our rock base too. i was just thinking yeah this thing's gonna be pretty big it probably would be okay to just be a a pedestal but screw it i'm going i'm going wall mount yeah, yeah. what do you, you what do you, you got any plans with your goat that you're going to get on this hunt mark like do you think you'd go for some full life-size taxidermy or yeah i don't, I don't know about a full but uh still humming and hawing we'll see might do might do a rug and a euro i'm not sure i'm not sure yeah. if i gonna have a house with a bunch of dead animals in it or not yet so oh right oh, you, gotta, okay. you gotta <laughs> once you get one like it just all goes I, yeah. I know like jeff's get one and like every single thing he shoots he's getting he's yeah he needs bigger uh, walls i'm I bad more walls yeah. i do everything <laughs> i think ta- i love tax some guys don't i think taxidermy is awesome personally and i'll have six after this year and some euros and stuff but yeah, i think it's cool my wife's not stoked she's like she's like seen the form and everything she's kind of like what on like what are you going to do with this i'm like i have no idea but it's going to be fantastic and she's like well we don't live in an outdoor store so maybe think about this stuff before you start paying for it and i was like well i already paid for it so (laughs) tell her it's it's going right in the kitchen right in the kitchen like i've got taxidermy in the bedroom (laughs) no you don't i do dude i do Life goals right there. Wow. Yeah. I don't know if I, in the I, don't know if I go that far. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, things oh. are a little crazy out here. All right, boys. Oh. Let's get cool. on with it. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Hey, oh. good luck. And I look forward to touching base after the hunt. I want to hear all about it. Sounds good, buddy. Yeah. For sure. Take it easy, guys. See you, guys. Yep.